You're listening to Coach Your Brains Out, presented by Gold Medal Squared. This is part two of our conversation with Jason Watson. Welcome to Coach Your Brains Out, the show that explores learning from the top minds in volleyball and beyond. With your hosts, John Mayer, Billy Allen, Andrew Fuller, and Nils Nielsen. And how do you determine uh, which of those drills or those variations of scoring in a game uh, works and becomes one of your handful that you go back to? Like you, you mentioned you like them or the, the players like them. I guess what yeah. stands out about them that makes it a good game or good drill? Yeah, I think if it's measuring some things that we can then go uh, plot progress, uh, I like that. Um, I, I like, especially on some sixes, if it can go uh, fairly long, um, and that it can come to a natural conclusion between an hour and an hour and 15 minutes for our sixes. Uh, I do like that. I like a drill that goes both ways. Um, and so both teams are having to uh, serve and pass. Um, and I like a drill that requires you to have to streak success. Um, I like that a lot. And, and, uh, and, and certainly uh, create some uh, transition plays. I think, uh, I think transition is a premium skill in women's volleyball. I think the ability to be comfortable in trans, uh, to be patient in trans, uh, is those are learned skills. And, um, and so I, I like those things about, uh, about some of the stuff that we do. And, uh, and, uh, and, you know, we can manipulate them, uh, Hey, I want you to make a block move and now I'm going to hit it and you have to trans out of it. Uh, Hey, I'm going to bounce it and you have to send it. I'm going to bounce it and you can go hit it. Um, and uh, we, we like those kinds of things that, uh, that just help uh, mimic volleyball. Yeah, that's, I guess, at the end of the day, that's what we like. Can you give us an example of, you were saying streak success? What, is, what does that mean? What, what would that drill look like? Could you take us through it? Yeah, so we, we do a drill uh, that's my absolute all-time favorite, uh, and it's a, it's a GMS-centric drill, uh, uh, one two one and, um, and so you kind of have to streak some success there to get a point. So uh, the first one represents, uh, so, hey, I'm serving to you. And uh, you have to side out. And if you your team sides out, then uh, we have these two balls that are coming to you that you would have to win, one after each other, not at the same time, but one after the each other. So, so let's say you side out, win that. Uh, I'm going to toss you a ball. Uh, you have to win that. And maybe I bounce a ball to the serving side, and I have to send it to you. And you have to win that. So you have to win three in a row. Um, and so that's the two part first ball then the two tosses if you will and then uh the last part of that so the last one is now you become the serving side and you have to kind of score a real point uh meaning a point off your serve or something to confirm those three in order to score a point and um so you can see that you know it it can be tough to score points in that drill um and um, and so that would go a long way. And we do that. Perhaps the score is 23-23. So each team is at 23. And we'll do a rotation where uh, we're just going through, you know, six rotations on each side, 23-23. And first team to 25 wins. You know, they capture that rotation. And then we, we click through the rest of the six rotations. And 
Um, and uh, it, it got where we, it was really hard for us to score points. So we had to put a rotation clock on it. So, hey, if nobody scored, you know, got to 25 after six, seven minutes, we just clicked through anyway. And then maybe at the end, we would come back to that. And um, so, you know, if you do it in that format, you're investing at least an hour, an hour of 15 in trying to compete, you know, and, and play volleyball. It's a really good drill. I like it a ton. Cool. And do you use a competitive cauldron? And if so, how do you use it? Yeah, we don't. Uh, we don't. Um, uh, one of the things that we've gone, a, we've gone away from it a little bit. Um, uh, actually, we've gone away from it completely. Uh, used to. Really invested in it, actually. Um, and, uh, and went away from it. Uh, we wanted our athletes to give, uh, come in and work really, really hard. And work hard at being uh, great learners, and work hard at being great teammates, and uh, and not care so much about the outcome. And for me, the cauldron became more outcome based and less effort based and less teammate based. And it very well could be the way we implemented it. It could have been the way we we did some things. So, um, so we we have gone away from that. Now we're collecting enormous amount of information on our athletes. Uh, and, uh, you know, stats and all of that kind of stuff in, in practice. So we do have those numbers, um, but we're not throwing them into a cauldron where it's sort of, hey, here's where you were today. Let's let's work to get here tomorrow and, and here the next day and in the next week and and, and just kind of plot their individual course rather than um, uh, put it in, all in the cauldron. Cool. And you mentioned uh, your favorite drills go both ways. Um, I guess, how do you feel about team mixing? Do you do that more than you have a starting team and a second team? Or are players constantly moving back and forth on the teams? Yeah, uh, that's another really good question, uh, actually. Um, and so we have always um, mixed. We've never... Uh, we've never done first team, second team, uh, you know, maybe on game day, we'll do it uh, a little bit just as a walkthrough. Um, but really reluctant to do it at any other point in time. And, um, we have a little matrix that we have where we try and make sure that, uh, we get that as close as to everybody playing with and against everybody as we can over a certain period of days. And, um, and uh, and so trying to get uh, the set of hitter relationships as uh, comparable as we can, uh, meaning, you know, each setter is setting uh, hitters at a, at a, you know, outsides at a comparable rate and middles at a comparable rate sort of thing. Uh, so we like to try and make sure that that's as balanced as we can. But uh, and we'll do that the entire season long. We'll just mix and, and go to battle. Um you know, every now and again, probably serve-receive-wise, we may get um, athletes that are next to each other uh, when we're playing matches in the same kind of threes group to pass um, uh, just so they can work on some relationship kind of stuff. But um, but for the most if we're in sixes, it's uh, it's just a mixed environment uh, all the time. I I think it's great for motivation. I think it's great for kids playing with different people. I, I don't think it changes the competitive nature of practicing. And in fact, I think it enhances it. 
I agree. I love love mixing. So, uh, what are your priorities? Say your um, planning practice, and it's uh, before a match, and you're playing in a new gym and an opponent's gym. Is there anything you do to get used to the environment, or is it just, hey, we're we're playing volleyball, there's a net, let's not talk about it? Yeah, we 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 don't really talk about it. It's uh, yeah, we don't go all hoosers, you know, and measure it and do all that kind of stuff <laughs> and, uh, and and everything like that. But but uh, um, I think we try and get in there and play volleyball. Um, and I know people do surf pass practices, and we'll do those too. But for the most part, we want to get in there and we want to get uh, after it, and we want to play play volleyball. Um, and uh, we'll probably do uh, a little bit more serve pass type sixes, uh, not that one two one where you know there isn't as much serving uh, in that particular drill. So we'll do a maybe just a serve toss, you know, a serve toss, serve toss. Um, but um, but yeah, we get in and we play uh, we play sixes, and uh, you know, hopefully we can get on the competition floor the night before and do that. Um, uh, it's not always the case, which makes it a little challenging. And, um, and, but we'll, we'll do a little bit of sixes the day of, uh, and, uh, end with some, you know, traditional serve and pass, but, uh, yeah, I really like going into somebody's gym and playing, uh, as much sixes as we can. So let's say you're heading into Georgia, you're, pl- you're playing against Tom Black's team. How much time are you preparing for their style of play versus improving your team and getting your, your strengths, uh, going? Yeah, I, I think I think we're more about us um, continuing to try and get us uh, better. Um, you know, we'll we'll have some scouting uh, and some things like that. I think uh, I think the example the, the the better example probably would be um, like Florida. And, uh, yeah, I mean, somebody that is probably philosophically a little bit different. Um, those are those are more challenging uh, matches for us. Um, you know, just cause we watch film on, on Tom's team and, and to some degree, um, pretty similar kind of, kind of teams. Um, right. Uh, but, uh, and so the challenge is, uh, kind of facing somebody whose offense is maybe a little bit slower, um, who, uh, you know, is maybe in a rotation defense is maybe doing some different looks. Um, we spent a little bit more time, uh, prepping for those with, um, film and those type of things, but but our practice doesn't doesn't change very much. Um, it doesn't change very much uh, at all, actually. But um, yeah, it, it's harder for us to prep uh, for teams that are just much much different than it is uh, for somebody like like Georgia. And I mean, uh, uh, Tom is a really good and dear friend. I don't know if he would admit that the other way, but, um, but, uh, yeah, what a, what a remarkable job he's doing. And it pains me to say that kind of stuff. It pains me to give Tom Black a compliment. Um, <laughs> it really, it really does. You have an outstanding book with the exception of the forward. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, uh, but yeah, Tom, what a great job he's doing in Georgia and, uh, with, uh, team Canada. Uh, hopefully he actually knows where Canada is now. That'd be a plus. <laughs> so then when you are preparing for a team, like uh you know that plays a different style plays slower plays rotation defense are you having your girls do that and having them try to defend against that a little bit yeah we've thought about we we do a couple of little walkthrough things uh with it uh we bring some attention to it uh mainly 
mainly I think we bring their attention to the things that aren't familiar rather than reminding them of the things that are familiar. Uh, so, you know, hey, this shot that you could hit in this situation, you can't hit in that situation. Uh, and we'll give them a couple of reps at it, uh, I, I think. Um, and uh, what I think is nice now here is I think we've got some upperclassmen that are talking about volleyball in a really healthy and productive way. And, um, and they've identified the differences too. Like, hey, we're going to go play this team. And so remember, this has got to, this has got to take place. And they'll talk about it uh, in practice leading up to it. Hey, remember, hey, we probably can't get away with that, that tip over the block. Again, you know, we've got to go kind of wipe it off hands. We've got to go blast it. Uh, high deep corner, we've got to go do something else. And uh, so that makes me smile when I hear that kind of stuff. But um, and and so, but yeah, we point out the differences and and give them tools to be able to go use it. But um, but I, I don't know if we do much more than that. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of practice, what do you do as a staff post practice, and how do you know if it was an effective practice? So post practice, um, uh, you know, we've got this whiteboard. It's probably filled with some results. Uh, our managers taking down uh, those numbers. Um, uh, it's the one time in our gym where they circle around and stretch, um, uh, not because we think stretching is going to do anything, um, uh, but, uh, they do, they think it does something and they sit around and, uh, they talk and it's a nice moment when they're stretching, uh, to go around and just acknowledge each of the athletes individually. Hey, nice job today. Hey, I really, really appreciate the way you were working on making these changes today. Uh, or, hey, I, I know that today was a bit of a rough day for you, but I really think that you're making progress on this this area. So, hey, listen, don't leave practice discouraged by the outcome. Just remember this great effort that you gave. Uh, and so our staff does all of that. Um, and uh, and my, my, my assistants have always been really good at it. I have struggled with it. Um, because uh, I'm just wanting to get upstairs and, uh, and and go start looking at some numbers and perhaps watching some film. But I know that there's an important part of post-practice where I've got to connect with each of the athletes. Well, I'm doing a much better job of that. Um, that's one of my big rocks for the season, connecting after practice. Um, and, uh, and then uh, that's it. We'll have a small debrief uh, together as a team. Uh, and then they'll go uh, their separate way. Uh, they walk right by the whiteboard, so they'll uh, let us know if they were, hey, yeah, it was good or it wasn't good. Um, and uh, we'll take note of it, not because we're caring, just so, hey, this kid erased their name from today's practice. Let's make sure we check in with them tomorrow before practice. Hey, I, I noticed you erased your name. Is everything okay? What can I do to help? Um, uh, and then, uh, yeah, then the staff will sit uh, and debrief. Uh, and hey, this, 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 okay, here's the skeleton for tomorrow. Uh, what are we thinking? Uh, and then, uh, we'll digest it a little bit, write it up, digest it some more. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And rinse, repeat, repeat, rinse. And, uh, that's the day. Yeah, that's, that's the day. Watch a little film overnight, uh, confirm some things or, uh, more times than not confirm that we don't really know what we're seeing in practice. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, get after it again the next day. Cool. Jason, uh, we have a couple of random questions to finish up. 
Um, awesome. First of all, will Arkansas ever add beach volleyball? That is a great random question. And, um, and you're not the first to ask, uh, nor will you be the last until we add it, I'm sure. Uh, no, uh, no plans uh, as yet. Uh, uh, our athletic department is uh, small. Uh, we don't have very many sports here at Arkansas. And so uh, adding another one kind of splits that pie a little bit. Um, so I, I wouldn't say never. But uh, we will not be playing in the spring of 2020. One day, hopefully. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. You know, we um, we got um, we started that sand program when I was at Arizona State, and yep. uh, I was a big fan of it actually. Um, and I didn't know anything about it. I, I was a horrible sand coach, probably the worst sand coach in the history of the sport. But. Uh, <laughs> But I enjoyed being outside and getting my feet in the sand. Um, and that was the sum extent of my involvement in that sport. Uh, I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. Uh, next one. So what was it like to go from playing for Carl McGowan to coaching with him? Did your understanding of how he coached change with that new perspective? Yeah. So I, you know, I it was always... Yeah, now I'm getting a little emotional here, actually, um, when I think of him. Uh, I would work GMS clinics with him. And uh, my goal in the GMS clinics was always to say something really nice about him so he would cry. And because um, uh, he just means so much uh, uh, to me. And when I was a player, I truly understood uh, how good he was. Because you're just going to practice and uh, you don't have any idea of the effort that goes into practice planning or why you're doing something you're doing. You're just going to go to practice. And so when I got to, I graduated in, or my eligibility was up in 94, I think. And I got to stay on stuff in 95 and, um, and a little bit into 96. Um, and Hugh McCutcheon, who had been overseas playing, came back to BYU to start his school. And so uh, I got to hang out with Carl and Hugh, which is a pretty cool deal, actually, when you think of it. Um, and so uh, I just, at that point, after I was done, I, I was thinking, you know, this, he puts an enormous amount of time and effort into practice planning and really kind of beats himself up when he doesn't get it right, you know. And the standard for him was really high. Like his practice planning standard was higher than anybody's that I have ever been around. Um, and the details and this and how he was going to say this. And and um, and if there's one area he got better at after I was done at BYU and then they went on and won national championships is probably in the area of uh, feedback and the way he would talk and communicate and the way he would get some things across. Um Whenever I came back or, or got to see him um, as I was moving through my coaching career, those were the things that I was always impressed that um, he got better and better and better. And uh, I think what's impressive to him is just how much he was able to accomplish from the age 50 onwards. I mean, what a remarkable career he had from 50 onwards in 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 coaching. And, um, yeah, the legacy that he's left is is – is mind-boggling to me that you know just 
you know, the tentacles of his reach in our sport is, is unparalleled, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was he, was he teaching in keys in, in the, like when you were playing there, like, is that what you're saying the feedback changed or was yeah. he doing ran, random reps? Was he doing a lot of this stuff even then? Yeah, I think the way in which he delivered the feedback, um, you know, I think the keys stayed the keys, um, and the drills stayed the drills. There were changes. Um, and, uh, I, I remember asking him one point in time cause he kept all of his practice plans, like all of them. Uh, in a, a three-ring binder, every year he kept every single practice plan, um, and he kept them. And uh, we were somewhere one time, and and he goes, you know, he apologized to me. He goes, hey, I just want to let you know, I'm sorry that I wrote all of these really crappy practices when you were playing, because uh, I went back and looked at them, and I'm embarrassed by the quality of the practices that I wrote, and. Uh, of course, I was thinking my four years at BYU were the greatest four years of my life. You know, it was just awesome. Um, and so uh, I think the way in which he delivered feedback, the way in which practice flowed for him, um, I think those things uh, got better uh, over time. But, um, uh, yeah, this, you know, the epitome of a lifelong learner is, is Carl McGowan for sure. We could have done the whole podcast on your experiences with Carl, but thanks for, yeah. for sharing, sharing a couple. Yeah, uh, they were. It wasn't always rainbows, ponies, and glitter. I can assure you, but <laughs> but uh, but uh, but I love that man. I, I love him, and uh, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that I got to play for him. We got two more. Uh, one is from Ben Lee, the assistant coach at LMU. Yeah, Ben. Yeah, he was at ASU with you, I believe. Uh, uh huh. After, and he asks, after coaching at both BYU and ASU and competing in the Pac-12 and WCC with success, what has been the most noticeable difference, if any, with the style of play in the SEC? And did you feel the need to change any of your training to be successful in the SEC versus these other, versus these other competitive conferences? Yeah, a good, a good question. I don't know if anything changes. I don't think anything's changed. Uh, I think uh, the, the only thing that I, uh, yeah, I was thinking about this the other the other day. And ben didn't front load this for me, but um, <laughs> uh, um, I don't think the way we're teaching the game has has changed. I think it, maybe it's evolves. You know, we all evolve. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that's that's really changed. What I do know is that. Uh, when I was in the Pac-10, and then we went to the Pac-12 uh, when Utah and Colorado added, um, that uh, the competitive top to bottom is uh, – now, I've never coached in the Big Ten, so I, I would imagine it's similar, if not better, in the Big Ten. But, um, you know, you could, you could hover around five – well, you're, let's say measure it inside out. You know, if you were um, – if you sided out at 50%, your opponent sided out at 50% in the Pac-12, you could go to the NCAA tournament. You could go. You know, uh, It means you're going to win 50% of your matches, so you're going to go. Uh, it's the only conference I've been in where that is true. In the SEC, you've got to be at least 4 to 5% better than your opponents. And when uh, I wasn't, when I coached at BYU, we weren't in the West Coast. We were uh, in the Mountain Pacific. No, uh, Mountain West. Mountain West, sorry. Uh, and there it was uh, uh, plus four and plus five. Um, uh, 
that you ha you have to be five percent better than your opponents to go to the NCAA tournament. So, um, and so, uh, what that means, I think, is that each night in the pack was hey, it was pretty, pretty tough. Um, you know, there are there are some other nights that maybe that aren't so tough in some other conferences, uh, but I feel like the SEC is poised to make this really nice run in women's volleyball. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of years. There's some good coaches that have come into the conference and uh, they're recruiting well and, and you know, schools are throwing resources at them. But I, to Ben's question, I don't know if anything really changes. I think uh, the game's still the game and I think you believe in what you believe in. So you have some principles and you're going to just continue to coach to those principles and those values and and, um, and uh, you know, I don't think there's many changes at all, actually, for me. It's a really good question, actually. It's a fascinating question. Mm. And nice, I, read it, I read an article from when you first took over the program uh, in 2016, and it said your recipe for building a successful program was trust, hard work, and community engagement. Would those still be your pillars today? Uh, yeah, trust, I, I think. And, and I think uh, with, with perhaps failed in that uh, a little bit in this transition in the last three years trying to 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 build that trust with some athletes um we've had some athletes transfer out and um and uh that it's it's hard you know you don't recruit athletes to transfer out and so there's been uh, some trust there and um and i've got to be better at, at that uh certainly hard work uh i i think uh growth is now in there you know the ability to to grow um, and be uh, learners is probably in there. And uh, yeah, and so we're going to engage in this community as best we can. Volleyball is not uh, a big sport in the state of Arkansas, but uh, those that are in it uh, are incredibly passionate about it. And uh, I'm in a state where uh, they are incredibly passionate about the University of Arkansas and their Razorbacks. So it's uh, it's a nice combination, but um, yeah, I've I've gone to places in Arkansas that I didn't know existed. I've gone to places in Arkansas that no Australian has probably ever been, um, <laughs> and uh, and I'm willing to go to other places because uh, I absolutely love this state and uh, I love the people in it, and I'll go anywhere, anytime to talk volleyball and help them get this this thing going in the state and. Um, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, Paragold, Arkansas is where I was a couple of a couple of weeks ago, and so that was a that was a fun time. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. ask. I was gonna ask, in what ways are you engaging the community? And are there clinics you're doing, or what are you doing when you visit? Yeah, so uh, some of it is uh, tied in with the athletic department, of course. You know, uh, we have these caravans that go around, and that was the one in Paragold. Um, but uh, yeah, we're doing coaching clinics all over the place. We're doing. Uh, 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 satellite camps, if you will, all, all over the place. We're doing about as much engagement as, as we can. Um, and uh, it's not easy for, for people within the state of Arkansas to get up to, uh, to Fayetteville. Um, we're tucked up here in the northwest corner, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's closer to get to Missouri than it is to get to uh, Little Rock from us. Um, and uh, Tulsa is actually closer to us than uh, Little Rock. So we're tucked up here, and so it's a big commitment to come up here, and so it's just easier to to go to them, and um, and so uh, it's been fun. It's been fun uh, to do that and and meet these coaches 
friends and um, and, and help hope in some way. Um, yeah, there was eight to ten coaches at the GMS clinic in Waco this past weekend, which I was uh, incredibly pleased with that that we had some representation from Arkansas there. A um, couple of first timers, and so that's always good. That's good news. Well, Jason, thanks for for making us better. You uh, you just crushed it, and you also just make me realize how much I have to learn about coaching because uh, you know a lot. And uh, but it's really cool, and I, I learned a ton, took a lot of notes, and looking forward to applying a lot of the lessons I learned here. So thank you for your time and for all your knowledge and everything. You guys, thank you for what you're doing, uh, and I mean that sincerely. I, I think the number of people that I run into at these clinics and just in general that uh, reference uh, you guys and reference the podcast and reference the guests that you're you've had um i don't know if you understand the ripple effect that you're having so um so i hope you keep at it and um you know i hope subscriptions maybe stay the same with this podcast hopefully they don't go down um but um but you guys are absolutely crushing it and uh, i think it's good for it's good for the volleyball community as as cheesy as that may sound um you guys are doing a great job great service so thanks thanks to you guys Oh, thanks a lot. That means a lot. Good luck this season. We'll be pulling for you. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Woo pig. Woo pig. <laughs> we'll get some Vegemite. We'll get some Vegemite. Yeah, Vegemite on your yeah on your toast. There it is. <laughs> My toast. All right. Yeah, you'll jump three inches higher. I promise. Is that the deal? All right. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Gospel truth. Thanks, Jason. All right. Take care, you guys. Have a good one. See, right. See ya. Thank you for listening to Coach Your Brains Out, presented by Gold Medal Square. To become a patron of the show, visit patreon.com slash coachyourbrainsout. And check out our book, Coach Your Brains Out, available at amazon.com. And if you're a good student who's already read the book, we'd love it if you do take the time to write a review.